This is Beta Cell, a show about people living with type 1 diabetes. I'm Craig Steubing. One year ago today, I released the first episode of Beta Cell. I got to talk to some truly inspiring people whose humor, positivity, and most importantly, honesty, has changed how I look at having type 1 diabetes. I hope that you've learned a lot from these interviews too. I'm a much different person now, and a much better one, than I was when I launched Beta Cell. So for Beta Cell's first birthday, I thought I'd grab myself a big bowl of ice cream and listen to some of the most meaningful moments to me from our first year. What's the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you about living with type 1 diabetes? You know, um, probably my dad, because he was always very supportive of me. In some weird way, shape, or form, he felt like it was his fault. But when I wanted to go to London and study abroad, and he at first said no, and I said, but why? And he was just worried about me being overseas. And when he finally called and said, no, you know how to take care of yourself. You'll be fine. Go have fun. And that was life-changing for me. That trip really beyond college, going abroad and being by yourself abroad and having just enough supplies to get you through. And I probably took two months more with me just in case. But that go, have fun, you'll be fine, was liberating. I like your phrase, being a professional diabetic. Where do you draw that line? How do you determine what's what's too much? What's impacting your life, you know, and the, the way you live versus, versus, you know, your health? That's a good question. You know, I think a lot. Uh, health would be a determining factor. If I saw that my health was not good, if I saw that for two weeks in a row my blood sugars were always above 200, I would know that I need to do something. I'm not s- stupid about this. But... It depends, I think, on what you're doing. I mean, I worked in the corporate world for 25 years, went to the office every day, and I I had a function at a high level. And I did, even with diabetes. It was not a factor. It was not going to be, and I did everything I could do. But did my my work, you know, having to be there and, and deal with that, take away a little bit of what I might have invested in diabetes management? Sure, sure. But I had a life, too like to do things, like to travel. So, you know, I do what I, as much as I can do. Could I do more? Absolutely. Will I do more? Yeah, I will. You know, with the pump, I'm going to have to. I'm never going to say no to going to a friend's birthday because I know that there's going to be pizza and beer there. I'm never going to not go for a bike ride because I'm scared that I'm going to go low during the ride and it will be really embarrassing around my friends. Do I have a constant, constant internal struggle and like fear of things going wrong all the time? Absolutely. But because I have that, I think that that's the reason why I'm able to strike this balance between business and pleasure, if you will. And I think that's what Me First is about. It's truly just going after whatever makes you actually happy at your core because what's the point otherwise? You know what I mean? If you didn't have diabetes, you would do it. So just because you have diabetes doesn't mean you should not. It just means you have to make room for it. People don't understand what type 1 is 
it makes it seem like you're living this unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. And then why should they trust you as their yoga teacher if you can't take care of yourself? Well, that was definitely the biggest thing that I had to deal with emotionally on every level after my, you know, even after the first, you know, diagnosis, before I knew it was definitely type one, you know, that's what I cried about. That's what I felt guilty about. That's what I felt ashamed about. That's what I blame myself for. Those were the, you know, really deep things that came up. I think that's the biggest obstacle, you know, that I've had to overcome really on a personal level. I think, you know, I can really inspire others who are diabetic to take up yoga. I, I've seen the results with the people that I've worked with who have diabetes, how much it helps control blood sugars, improve sleep, improve mood, does so many things. But that wasn't really what happened for me. And so that's kind of what I've worked inside myself to, to come to terms with is that it doesn't matter how much yoga I do, it's not going to change the situation, but it will help me to manage my stress associated with the situation. And that's, you know, what I've come to and I've stopped apologizing. And now it's all about advocacy and information and, you know, saying this is what happened to me and I'm okay about it. And um, I still want to share what I have to offer. A lot of my family and friends still don't quite understand what type one is or the difference or just say like, oh, it's so sad. You can't have ice cream anymore. And I'm like, Sometimes I have the energy to explain why that's not true, and sometimes I don't, and it's just sometimes it's not that big of a deal, but I think there are people who just totally don't understand it, and I try to be patient and explain those things because I know how frustrating it is to hear that, and especially for people who have type 1 who are younger, I think that can be really devastating to have somebody just fundamentally misunderstand what your life is like, and being 35, I have a little bit more maturity, maybe not a lot more, but a little bit more maturity to like be able to let those things roll off my back. But I think taking that second to help someone understand if it helps them later on down the line, not say that to somebody else, that's a valuable moment for me. We're bad at figuring out how much random chance influences something and how much the actions of people influence the outcome. And I think it's an open question, if you have a low blood sugar, how much of it was just bad luck? You know, you got a scoop of ice cream that happened to be more sugary, or you misread something on the label that just sometimes you're going to mix up numbers. So many variables going on with the managing of diabetes that the way I look at it is, all I can do is like do my best to control as much as I can. But the actual results I get are they're so influenced by randomness that me having a low blood sugar sometimes isn't my fault. And me having a perfect blood sugar sometimes isn't because of something great I did. It just happened to be I did my best and it happened to work out or it happened to not work out. How can I do my best better? Like I'll always try to learn more about that. But every individual result, there's so much chance in it that I can't really blame myself for, for a given blood sugar. That's the way I kind of look at it. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's a healthier attitude to have. They say if you have one autoimmune disease, which type 1 is, that you're likely to get more. Most people do not have only one. Well, I right now have five. And people think that's amazing that I'm like a functioning person, normal, healthy, happy. But I don't. I just think it's like, okay, this is my life. I don't look at it as a big deal in a way. I just don't. It's just my life. I look at other people's lives with 
weight loss surgery and the challenges that that involves. And I think now that's something that would be hard for me to deal with. This is not. <laughs> it's strange. It just depends on your perspective, I guess. Yeah. You know, you talked about when you first got the Omnipod, always wanting to be able to cover it. And I'm sitting across the room from you, and here's this diabetes tattoo on your forearm. What made you decide to get that? I think I did it to remind myself that I'm not the only one with type 1 diabetes. It's kind of like you're having a bad day. I can look down, and I can see this blue circle on my forearm. And I think tons of other people have this. Tons of other people fight through this every day like I do. It's like, I can do this. Reminding me that type 1 diabetes isn't a crutch or an excuse. What do you think has been your biggest accomplishment? I'm very proud of you know my experience in Africa in the Serengeti, running five marathons in five days with MS from the U.S., I guess my most proud accomplishment is knowing that I will survive. I think self-identifying as a survivor versus a victim, no matter what happens, is my biggest accomplishment. How did it feel to be diagnosed with type 1 while your daughter was having so many issues with mm. it? Um, it, it? I have to say it was, I had a sense of satisfaction in a way that now, I could understand Lori better um, when she had low blood sugar. And like, well, for example, when it's time to do dishes, somehow she's having low blood sugar. Yeah, yeah, Lori, sure. So in other words, she wasn't getting validation for how she felt. Well, she did use it, I think. But some of the time, you know, she did have low blood sugar, was feeling lousy, and she's getting... Yeah, yeah, come on, get the job done. So I, I felt really wonderful that I could share that with her, that now I knew what she was going through and what it's like to be shined on when you're really having, really feeling lousy. So that was, that, I felt that brought us closer. We were pretty close anyway, but that, that gave us a special connection that we didn't have before. So there's different ways to look at things. So that's it for our short and sweet birthday party. If you've enjoyed the first year of Beta Cell, send me a message on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Beta Cell Podcast. And let me know what you've gotten out of it and what you'd like to hear about in our second year. The first episode of our collaboration with JDRF for National Diabetes Awareness Month goes up on Monday. Make sure you've subscribed on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or the NPR One app to get it as soon as it's live. I'm Craig Steubing, and this is Beta Cell. Beta Cell.